It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book Close Encounters of the Worst Kind and the captivating memoir Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. I have a really interesting show for you today. This is something very different than I've ever done before. Um, and when I heard about it, it excited me because um, it's a great direction for the mental health field to go. Um, it's really in keeping with all the new technology. Um, in a winter of uncertainty, uncertainty, medical health exper- experts are finding that Zoom calls or phone sessions simply don't cut it for therapy. They fail to leave a lasting impact on participants. One solution is virtual reality therapy. It offers unique benefits, including interactive settings, the ability to talk anonymously, and greater levels of convenience without losing quality. Virtual reality immerses individuals into shared 3D environments with fully customizable and anonymized avatars, enabling lifelike interactions between remote participants. It extends what is possible in the real world by allowing for deep engagement with any setting in any form. Today's special guests are Dwar Goldberg and Jonathan Collins of Fortel Realty, Realty. A virtual reality, yeah, foretell reality, a virtual reality platform and subsidiary company of the Glimpse Group. Drawer serves as um, VP, product and general manager, and Jonathan leads the company's partnerships and strategy. We are also honored to have Dr. Barron, an assistant professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School and the head of clinical affairs with Fortel's Fortel Real Estate. Realities partner XR Health. Um, so let, we have three guests today, three special guests today. So um, let's get started, and um, I'm going to say hi to each one. Good morning, Jonathan, and good morning, Drawer, and good morning, Dr. Barron. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome. Good morning. Welcome. Okay. Um, so this is so very different. Um, what is, um, Jonathan or Dwar, what is going to be different about our experience um, than what we're used to with a Zoom call? What, what actually are we going to experience with this kind of therapy? Yeah, um, I'm happy to go. Would you like to go Okay, yeah, so um, I think, you know, stepping back a little, uh, obviously there's a lot uh, more people now familiar with Zoom, uh, video calls uh, and all that are pretty ubiquitous. Um, So just to step back and and describe the actual kind of um, uh, headset and and how this all works. Um, So a VR headset uh, is about a pound 
Um, it goes obviously over your head, uh, so it blocks out your whole field of vision, and then you have the audio in your ears. It's not tied to a computer. You can walk around. It runs off Wi-Fi, and it lets you basically uh, communicate with people um, from anywhere. So it's, it's like a video. It, it can allow for remote communication, and it's pretty accessible. The most uh, affordable model is about $300. So what it does uh, and some of the benefits are when you put it on um, versus a Zoom call, you're completely uh, immersed in an environment that is shared, as you pointed out. So in a Zoom call, um, I'm in my room. I'm looking at a bunch of boxes of other people in their room. It's a flat screen. Um, there's no 3D perspective. There's no spatial orientation. When I put on a VR headset, um, it's really uh, more akin to the real world, where if I look to my right, I see somebody. If they look to their left, they see me. If we both look out a window, we see the same thing. It's a shared environment. And uh, you do go in as an avatar. So an avatar is, is a virtual representation of yourself. Um, you can choose a skin color, eye color, uh, hair uh, style, um, pretty much anything you want that uh, you feel represents you digitally. Um, so in short, it's very different than a Zoom call. Um, it completely uh, creates a world in which you're enveloped and it therefore presents, uh, prevents distractions outside, interference, noise, people walking in a room, and it creates a very private setting uh, which everyone shares. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, Dror, how long has this been, um, how long have you been working on this project, um, and how mainstream is it? Um, first of all, good morning, everyone, and thank you, Randy, for hosting us. Um, so welcome. let me give you a little bit background on virtual reality, also my experience, and then I'll get uh, to your question about virtual reality therapy. Sure. Virtual reality is something that started quite some time ago. Actually, the first wave, significant wave of virtual reality was uh, during the 90s. Um, uh, but you can imagine with the technology in the 90s, it was very cumbersome. It was only for a few people. And as much as there was a hype of technologists and gamers and uh, visionaries into this field, at a certain point, it hit a, a, a roadblock uh, of the technology that was available at the time. And after the disappointment of the 90s, it was a bit dormant for quite some time. And then in the late 2000s, there was the beginning of the second wave uh, of bringing virtual reality into something that is more usable, more affordable, but even then, the path uh, was a long, long way until where we are today. And that has to do with what Jonathan mentioned, that today uh, it is an affordable uh, headset to have. Uh, it is much more accessible. You don't need to have wires and laptops attached to that. But the past few years brought a lot of advancement in this field to bring us to, to this point. Um, and I want also us to think of the future, right? While today we talk about the goggles that you put on your head, in a few years it will be glasses that we put on our eyes, and um, uh, later on it will be lenses that will be maybe 10, 15 years from now. 
So there's an interesting evolution of this technology that has to do with a lot of components from the hardware to the network to the software uh, to battery and a lot of elements uh, in this regard. Now, um, something that is related also to what Jonathan mentioned, when we talk about virtual reality, uh, there are different use cases and different usages. Specifically for bringing people together, and in this regard it has to do with therapy, whether it is one-on-one -on -one or whether it is a group discussion and group dynamic, virtual reality is another stage in the evolution of something that humanity was always interested in, which is how you bring remote people to collaborate, to communicate, and to be present at the same place. I mean, if we're talking about far, far, far history, um, you know, smoke signals between different parties communicated instructions, but you needed at least to see the smokes from one hill to, to another. Later on, it was the telephone, and it was the email, and now we have email and messaging. All these elements are actually communication and collaboration uh, uh, technologies that bring people together while they are not at the same place. The interesting thing about virtual reality is, like uh, Jonathan mentioned, is the present. Is actually, you feel like you are in the same physical space, and not to mention that you share the same physical space with others in order to interact like you are in the same place together. On top of that, you have the advantages of putting virtual settings that can simulate the moon, can simulate the beach can simulate something completely imaginary that makes you think, feel, discuss things with other people that you meet in this, um, in this area. Specifically for me, um, you asked, I would introduce to virtual reality more heavily when I was at Samsung in 2015. And then I remember that I attended the CES, it's a big consumer electronics show in Vegas, and the focus was a lot uh, around virtual reality. And I was, uh, I, I was blown by the way that it simulates and play on our mind to feel like we are in another place or to feel like we're experiencing something that physically is not around us. And that was my beginning with virtual reality and my interest in this field. And when I joined the Glimpse Group almost two years ago, a year and a half ago, and um, took the leadership of Hotel Reality, the subsidiary that focuses on virtual reality settings for various human interactions, the use case of therapy and support resonated a lot with me because um, the ability for people to feel close to each other, while they might be limited in the way to come to the same space for various reasons, whether it is the cost or whether it is physical limitation or others, and the ability to pass objects even between participants. This is something that in Zoom we cannot do, but in real life we can. I mean, we have one of our applications you can have a virtual ball and just pass it from one another. That really uh, triggered my imagination and uh, the context of therapy and support 
was something that was obvious to, to me that we should uh, move forward with that. And then through partnerships, whether it was with Yale Medical School and whether it is with Exa Health, uh, uh, a company that uh, Dr. Avni is uh, an advisor to, we continue to develop this use case um, and bring the people together to that session. I can tell you, for example, um, uh, the Yale Medical School, what they did is, is quite impressive. They purchased few virtual reality headsets, gave it to cancer patients uh, to use it in their homes, and on a weekly basis, the cancer patients gather in this virtual reality session, uh, virtual reality setting, in order to have a group discussion. And here we leverage a lot of the VR features that you mentioned before, the avatars, the object that you can pass, in order to allow the patients to ex express their emotions more freely, to feel like they are connected to people while they are not physically in the same uh, space, and also to take them to other settings to get what is called out of their head in order to, you know, uh, imagine and simulate and uh, emulate different emotions and different um, uh, interactions. So this is, I know it was a bit of a long winding uh, answer to, <laughs> to your question, but I just wanted to give you my background with virtual reality and why it so much resonates with therapy. There are more and more uh, studies in the past few years uh, that talk about virtual reality in the context of medical treatment and of therapy and support. One of the recent books um, uh, that, that um, uh, was published recently by uh, Dr. Brennan Spiegel, it's called VRX, talks about uh, virtual reality in the use of uh, uh, medical applications. One of them is, is therapy and support. Mm. Okay. Thank you. Wow. That's, um, that's a very comprehensive explanation. That really does help me understand. Uh, Dr. Barron, you are, uh, when we talked uh, previously, you were telling me that you are beginning to actually use this. Is that correct? Absolutely. So, good morning, Randy. Um, good morning. So, I come from, and good morning, everybody else. Um, I come from a very clinical background. I'm a professor of psychiatry at Harvard uh, Medical School. I have private practice. And when I first heard of VR, uh, God knows how many years ago, it really didn't seem like anything that had anything to do with my clinical life and my professional life. Quite the opposite. I, I found it intimidating and scary and didn't really understand it too much. And I thought that this is something that, you know, was connected in my mind to video games and what kids do and um, not anything that's very serious. Um, but a while ago when I used Extra Health, I actually saw an ad and I, it kind of piqued my interest. And I spoke with our um, Extra Health um, CEO and he tried to explain to me what it is that they do, and I really didn't get it, to be honest. I'm a huge technophobe, and it was really hard for me to grasp what it is exactly that they do. And he said, you know what, why don't you just come over and, and see for yourself? So I did. And um, I discovered a whole new world that I didn't know existed, to be honest. And so the best way that I can ex um, explain from my perspective as somebody who's really a true technophobe, or at least used to be, 
is that when you put the headset on your head, you are um, in a different reality. Not really. You're not psychotic. You have a good understanding of where you're at. You know that you're in your room or your living room or in your bathroom or wherever it is that you are. But what you see around you is an alternate reality, which means just like uh, my colleagues uh, explained before, if I look up, I don't see the ceiling of the room where I'm uh, in. I see whatever uh, that um, environment shows me. It could be the sky. It could be trees, whatever environment was set for me. And it's, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. It's vibrant. And it's just an interesting experience in and of itself. But um, what we have done is to take this technology a step further. So just like nuclear energy, it can be used for good or it can be used for bad. Uh, Virtual reality is a tool. It's a means to an end. And what we have been doing is to use our technology and our knowledge and the applications that we have and other companies have developed um, to harness uh, this amazing technology to help people deal with their mental health and other issues. And that's kind of uh, the main thing that I want to uh, maybe stress. It's a tool. It's not, um, it's no different than any other tools. And um, you guys mentioned Zoom before. We've all been using Zoom um, um, these days, some of us more, some of us uh, maybe less so. Maybe your kids use it or you use it for work. And it's a wonderful tool uh, because it allows people to communicate uh, from home or from wherever they are, but um, it has its limitations. I know that when I talk to my patients over Zoom, um, I don't have exactly the same experience as I do, and they don't have exactly the same experience as they do when we meet in or used to meet pre-COVID in my office. And that's because when I look at the screen sometimes, it, in my mind, it's no, not very different than looking at you know, something else that's on the screen, maybe watching TV or uh, reading uh, Wendy's posts. Um, but um, when you put um, the head um, set on, um, and we're talking about the specific application called Connect that uh, maybe Dora and uh, Jonathan would like to talk about some more, what happens is that you're still in your room, but you are... Um, what you see and what you experience is being in a different room that is well-designed and other people who uh, use their headsets, wherever they are, um, they are in the same room as well as avatars. That sounds very, (laughs) used to sound very complicated to me, but anybody who ever played Wii knows what an avatar is, um, right? So um, the sense of presence that they were talking about is really something that's hard to explain until you experience it. It gives you a sense of um, closeness that you don't have over Zoom. I'm sure all of you, and you too probably, Randy, uh, when you use Zoom, you're there, but you kind of sometimes people read their email or they're distracted by, I don't know, whatever is happening in their environment. When you use a headset, you are elsewhere, um, and it's wonderful. And um, I'm happy to... um, talk more later about how we can harness this environment um, to promote wellness, uh, relaxation, closeness, communication, and many other benefits uh, that all of us can use. Thank you. It's so exciting. This really is so exciting. Um, 
So let's get back to Jonathan. Hello, Jonathan. Um, Hello. So, so um, yes, Dr. Barron um, talked about connect. Will you describe that, explain that to us? Sure. So connect is uh, essentially a, a group um, setting. So uh, I'll just explain it, you know, um, exactly how it works. Uh, you put on the headset. Uh, you choose uh, an avatar uh, through a customization process that I described, and you're entered into a room um, that could have anywhere from any really number of seats. In, in this case, uh, we have 10 seats in a circle, um, and it's a, it is a nice, well-lit environment, beautiful outdoor uh, settings out the windows. And uh, in this circular environment, you know, again, if I look to my left, right, across, I see people sitting around me like I would in a, in a, in a normal room. Uh, we can talk to each other. Obviously, there's audio. And there's a, a moderator seat. So these are moderated um, support groups in this case. And I'll, I'll kind of use the example of Yale because it was a, a similar setup. So in that case, um, you know, cancer patients come in. And they sit uh, in a circle. Uh, there's a moderator and uh, they discuss whatever they want to discuss. Um, they can throw the ball around, which is, again, a way to communicate. If they reach out uh, and touch uh, the person next to them, they'll actually get a little bit of uh, sensory feedback. So there's actually a, a physical um, uh, pulse on your controller when you touch somebody, which, again, makes it feel like you're, you're next to them. Um, and it's it's essentially that. It, it is a very convincing, realistic group setting. Um, and what we found is that um, through the avatars, and I, and I want to bring up a specific point on the avatars, um, you kind of level the playing field. In other words, on Zoom, um, now I know we don't, nobody does this, but you probably check your hair a little, you want the lighting to be okay, you're a little <laughs> self-conscious, you don't know exactly what you look like, right? So yep. the advantage here is that, you know, you look like your avatar and the lighting is going to be great because it's the same for everyone at the shared uh, room. And the reason this isn't just kind of a superfluous thing is I'll give you an anecdote. It's one of the things we heard uh, from, from one of the participants at Yale is that, you know, she was losing her hair due to chemotherapy treatment. Right. And so, she didn't necessarily want to be on camera, um, you know, and there are uh, people who may be in bed, you know, maybe they're depressed. They don't want to get out of bed. They definitely don't want to be on camera. So avatars aren't just, um, you know, for lack of a better word, a gimmick or something. I mean, there's a real, uh, a real importance to that, both in terms of anonymity, but it, it almost, again, it removes that layer of, of kind of judgment and analysis that can be going on behind the scenes when you're looking at people, right? Everybody, everybody is their virtual self. And that, as I would say, it levels the playing field. So connect is really, as it, as the word says, it lets people connect in a shared environment to talk about, you know, what they want to talk about, um, you know, either with a guided moderator or, or not. Um, and uh, we keep adding features that, you know, things like being able to pass the ball and all these things, we, we strive to add features where uh, it essentially helps with the mission of making people feel like they're in the same place and to feel connected with one another. Wow. You know, I do um, a lot of my coaching. I do, by, well, I do some by phone, some by Zoom, 
because some people, as you said, don't really want to be on the screen. Uh, but I, you're right. You know, before I get on screen, I have to make sure, you know, if I've been laying around the house for a couple hours, <laughs> I have to make sure I put myself together before I get on there. So it would be so wonderful to not have to do that. Um, thank you. Uh, Dror, um, is this something that is going to be affordable for most healthcare practices? Um, and how, you know, how many practices are, are you using this in now? Right. So, you know, the business evolution of virtual reality and virtual reality therapy is going to advance also with the affordability and the different business models around the headset and the technology. Um, for example, now we work with two main models. One is that the practice, the clinic, the hospital that we work with um, buys a set you know, number of headsets and then distribute it to patients, take it back, then uh, make sure that it's sanitized and send it to another batch of patients. Another model that we work is that, and this is actually the XR Health model, that XR Health as a VR uh, company, they purchase the devices and they lease it to patients. And the business there is that they work with medical insurance companies in order to uh, get the, um, uh, the payment for these treatments from the medical insurance company. So, in, in the, in both models do not incur any cost on the patient, but it is either the clinic that takes care of that or a company like XR Health that buys and lists the devices. Now, down the road, when the headset, and it's already quite affordable, as Jonathan mentioned, $300 for the Oculus Quest 2 device, but down the road it will become even more cheaper not to mention that we're slowly going to see transition of the mobile phones that we have into glasses that people will wear. And we know that the big companies already work on it, whether it is Apple, whether it is Facebook and others. If we're looking at the future of three to five years from now, then for many other reasons, not only for the virtual reality aspect, we're going to be equipped with devices that will allow us the virtual reality experience. And then what we see, what we're going to see is the transition from the business model or from the businesses that do take care of the devices and make sure that these devices reach the consumers to the consumer model, which means that I already have a device for other usages, like today I have a phone for many other purposes, but I can use the phone for a Zoom call. The same thing will be I'm going to have these glasses and use it for the therapy as a consumer. So it's just interesting also to see the business evolution that we're going to see in the next uh, uh, few years. But as of now, it is usually the business, the clinic, the hospital, uh, the company that takes care of the logistics and of the cost while the patient either need to subscribe and to uh, get the permission from the medical insurance company 
or to be part of a treatment that is offered by the hospital uh, they are treated, um, that they are treated at. So these are the, the, the current models. And as I said, I mean, we're going to see an interesting evolution on the business and the accessibility to this technology in the next few years. Fascinating. Fascinating. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Barron, um, what do you think about this? Um, so is this going to replace um, this actual human contact um, or is this going to uh, sort of enhance it or subsidize it? What do you think? I hope, I hope not. Um, yeah. I think there's no replacement for face-to-face uh, in-person interaction. But when it's not possible um, um, in terms of accessibility, if somebody can't leave the house, in terms of a pandemic where it's not safe to leave the house, um, in terms of cost, uh, people don't want, or, or um, stress in terms of dealing with traffic and parking and getting to your doctor's office, uh, many things can be replaced with this technology. Um, so um, I think that we're going to move forward, just like uh, Dora mentioned, um, we're going to have more and more sophisticated uh, technology that is going to make it more and more like real life. Um, but I hope that this is going to continue to supplement what we do. I think it's a great alternative uh, for the time being. I think that telemedicine, as you probably all know or have experienced, um, is really growing because people are now discovering the benefits of seeing their doctor when it's not necessary uh, to be seen in person. Um, They see the benefits of doing it remotely. Um, And I think this is where the world is heading. Is it going to be instead of? I, I don't think so. Um, what we try to do at XR Health, the company that I work for, is that we try to combine um, what we do anyway in terms of mental health, at least from my perspective, uh, and combine that with technology. So, for instance, if I have a patient who suffers from a lot of stress um, and um, I try to we, – we talk about it, we talk about coping uh, strategies – And one of the coping strategies, for instance, that you probably talked about in the past, Randy, is um, something called guided imagery, where you are, you know, stuck in your house with your spouse and kids uh, and stressors and a barking dog and you're trying to do your job and everything is just too much. Um, um, Guided imagery is a way to kind of get out of the situation in your head, find yourself in a different place and uh, find relaxation that way. The problem is that some people just can't relax because they're in a very stressful environment or their imagination is not great. And what this technology allows is to put you in that place immediately, in that shared space, uh, a beautiful place that was created ahead of time. And uh, instead of working at um, finding a way to relax and imagine everything, the technology does some of it or a lot of it for you. And this is a way uh, to enhance what we know anyway uh, by this amazing technology. And this is why I think it's going to uh, be very prevalent and com- commonly used. I think the main uh, challenge is 
for people to understand how this works um, because it's a new technology uh, for many people who have not been um, exposed to it. And I think that decreasing uh, the intimidation or uh, the gaps or filling the gaps in knowledge is going to be incredibly important. So again, I want to thank you for having us here today because we have an opportunity to uh, tell people about what it's like. Yes, I'm so happy to have you. Maybe, Randy, I I want to add something to what Reed said, which is very important in this telemedicine trend that we see. And, you know, in a way, unfortunately, we are forced to see and to acknowledge the benefits of telemedicine because of the pandemic now. But this is a very important trend that that Ori just mentioned. I mean, um, the understanding that people, while they are, you know, confined to their homes, can still get treatment and interaction like they meet uh, in person, although, as Ori mentioned, it's not going to substitute completely uh, the personal uh, interaction. And in this regard, you know, putting even the technology aside for a second, if I'm talking in terms of vision, what we would like to do with our platform, with Fortel Reality Platform and Therapy, we would like to create a platform that people in all kinds of conditions, 24-7, around the clock, can meet with others in order to uh, list emotion, to get guidance, to discuss things. You know, the word of the democratization of therapy. I mean, uh, we know today that therapy sometimes is, um, you know, it's not a cheap thing to, to go to. I mean, and, and not all people who need it necessarily have the access to get it. With the help of technology, you're going to be able to participate in things that very much like the real therapy, not to mention the interaction with others um, all over the world. And we're talking, one of our clients, we're talking about the vision of getting people with rare diseases together on this platform. Um, and rare diseases, not always you can find people in your own community that suffer from the same issues. And with this accessibility, with this technology, with the guided uh, imagination that Orit mentioned, uh, ability to gain different perspectives through the immersive 3D uh, uh, setting that virtual reality allows, that will uh, just extend the reach of therapy to segments that today do not have the access to that kind of treatment. Thank you. So... You know, as you're talking, it it, it um, dawned on me that, you know, we wonder what this whole COVID thing is about. We wonder why it has to happen, why we're all so isolated. But, you know, and many people say that on the other side of this, things are going to be very different. So I can't help but wonder if this is COVID, um, the pandemic, is sort of a bridge to where we're going with this advanced technology. What are your feelings on that? Um, I'm happy to talk about this because um, I've, sure. I've thought about this a little bit. Um, you know, one of one of the things that I think we take for granted is how rapid technology advances. Um, and I think people put years and they think, you know, oh, well, 
um, back in 2000, we had Zoom. We didn't. And, and I've, I've thought about this and talked to people about the fact that had the pandemic occurred really even, let's say, 10 years uh, ago, um, you know, I have two children. They're both uh, in virtual schooling on Zoom. Um, in 2010, uh, even in 2010, that really wouldn't be possible. And that was only 10 years ago. 20 years ago, forget it. And if it happened in the 90s, you know, um, you know, video calling and all that, where people would have looked at you like, what are you talking about? So I actually think it, it is kind of, uh, I don't know, it's not a good thing, but there seems to be some, uh, there is a silver lining in that we have all this technology and the pandemic uh, has occurred at a point um, where people were able to work. The economy, while it, you know, is not doing great, it has been greatly helped by the fact that a lot of business can be conducted remotely. So um, to your point, there's a certain, certain serendipity that had happened at this point. I think um, it is going to change how people look at things, and I think it's going to change the expectation people have and what they're looking for when they realize that, um, you know, you could be in a situation where you only have remote communication for periods of time. I don't think we were thinking about that before. Um, so from my, from my perspective, I certainly hope that it, you know, puts some more wind behind the sails of technologies that make, um, you know, remote communication much more immersive and realistic than it is over uh, a monitor. Yes, thank you. Um, you know, I was probably one of the first people to use Zoom. Um, to switch from Skype to Zoom. So I've been doing it for a while. Um, and I just, oh, it was so much better than Skype. You know, it was just, <laughs> I was so excited to have an, an, an alternative. And I know um, Zoom in the stock market is just going crazy. Um, it's just everybody is using it now. Is, um, is this a software program? How, how um, does one, does an office or a, institution actually um yeah is, is this a physical um yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> is this something like physical that you're selling up? to them <laughs> yes thank you thank you is this something that that is a physical thing or is it software that you put on your computer so, so it's a combination. I mean, it's like um, for Zoom or for Skype, you need to have a computer and then you need to have the application installed and you do need to have a microphone. Usually it comes with the computer, but you can buy a separate microphone and you can buy a separate camera. And by the way, speaking of which, I mean, laptops or computers in the past did not come with a camera. Now laptops come with built-in uh, cameras. So. You know, it's very similar to what we require today for Zoom calls, but uh, the type of hardware and the software is a bit different. So just to go one by one, instead of a laptop, you're going to have or you have already the headset. The headset comes with uh, the microphone. It comes also with sensors that track your motion. Because when you, through the software, you present yourself as an avatar and you move in the space, then through the sensors on the headset, your avatars move in the space respectively. And then there is the application. In our case, it is the Connect application. It could be other applications that you install. 
And once you open them, you have your credentials in order to have a secure login. And you have the instructions, which room to go to, how to connect with people you know. So there are the features that's part of the applications in terms of scheduling, the invitation, the uh, setting uh, uh, to find, and then you meet in, in the space. Very similar to you know, a Zoom call, just um, uh, the interface is a bit different. Now, one thing that is interesting on top of what I just described is what is the virtual environment that you are in? And here, it could be something that comes from a library of environment. It could be, I mean, like in the case that we work with certain clients that we craft and customize specific environments that our client wants to uh, host the sessions uh, it could be something very realistic, like um, 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 you know, an actual room. We even have the technology that we can take photographs of a physical space and stitch it together to a virtual reality 360 environment. Uh, so you actually feel like you're sitting in the same physical space, but it can be something completely imaginary. As I mentioned, it could be on the moon. It could be now that we are, you know, somewhere exotic uh, around the world. Uh, you can also use 360 videos to get people into a, a certain state of mind or to start a discussion based on some media that you uh, show in this environment. But all these things are added on features to the applications that I mentioned before. This is so intriguing, you know, because I, I remember as a kid watching the Jetsons <laughs> and, um, and the Jetsons, you know, they would talk over this television or whatever. And it seemed like it was just so sci-fi, so far away. And now look where we've come. It, um, it's so, I'm so excited about where technology is going as somebody who, who knows nothing about technology and, um, Dr. Barron, I'm with you. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that that savvy with this kind of stuff. I hear you, sister. I, I think there's many other <laughs> like us out there. And you know, yes. uh, we all use Zoom backgrounds now, or many of us use Zoom backgrounds. The yes. best way to describe it is that instead of uh, having a Zoom background, you have like an entire environment around you. So instead of looking at my virtual office, you are right. in my virtual office, which is a totally different experience. Well, I'm thinking well. about Star Trek and that machine that they had, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> made any food you wanted. And it reminds me of the oh. uh, 3D printers that we have now. Um, yeah. I think we're catching up quite nicely. I think we are, which really tells us how imaginative and um, just brilliant that those people who wrote those television shows and cartoons and everything were back then. Um, so, uh, Dr. Barron, you were talking about um, how to harness this environment. Yes. Um, so what are some of the ways that uh, we can harness this environment? So, as I mentioned before, people who suffer from stress, uh, for instance, um, and feel like they really need to get away. And the last time they've had a vacation was pre-COVID, and they're too scared to go to Aruba because flying is not a good idea these days. You can go into an app 
that looks like Aruba or looks like uh, something else that is in your library, and you can use that to relax. If you usually relax when you go to the woods, uh, you can go to the woods uh, through the headset. You sit in your home and you sit in a chair, but or you walk around, but your experience is that you're there. Um, we have, in my company, we have applications that allow you to do things more proactively as well. So we have applications that guide you through pain and help you uh, manage pain without uh, taking drugs. We have, we even have an application that helps women deal with hot flashes. And um, everybody these days feels a certain level of isolation, sometimes depression, and if not depression, some depressed mood and anxiety because the world has turned upside down in more than one way recently. And it's a way to manage this anxiety in a more natural way. And it's funny to say natural when we talk about technology, but it doesn't involve drugs or meds or prescribed uh, meds. Um, And a lot of people prefer that. Um, If you have a very stressful day and the kids drive you crazy and you just need five minutes of uh, just being elsewhere and escape, you can do that using this technology without leaving your home. And I think it's wonderful because it opens your horizons and it allows you to not feel as confined and helpless. And in terms of connect, um, I think more the kind of the elderly um, um, these days who are limited until they get vaccinated, limited in terms of their ability to see friends, to see family, they, they have holidays alone, it's awful. Uh, this kind of technology allows you to be close, uh, to feel close, to uh, communicate in ways you couldn't communicate before. And it's true that we have Zoom and we have the phone. Uh, this is a step uh, further um, that makes it easier to deal with uh, what we need to deal with, either inside the home or outside of it. So do we need a guide to be on it, or we can actually go on it ourselves? So in other words, if, if um, an, a, a doctor or an institution has the program or the software or whatever, um, and then we have the headset, we don't actually need to be guided through the process. We can do it ourselves. So it depends on the app. So what you need is the headset, and I think just like uh, – uh, Dora and uh, Jonathan described before, instead of holding a phone, you just have a headset on your head. It looks a little bit like a small helmet. And instead of downloading apps into your phone, you download into the um, uh, headset using your um, controllers. It's really the oh. same idea, only it's done differently. And you do need um, you need a headset. You need the software that comes that is installed in the headset, and then okay. you can be a free agent and use it yourself. Uh, in my company, we, we thought that uh, this is exactly the interface that we were talking about in Fortel as well, the interaction between uh, human beings and technology. So uh, the way we do it is uh, we combine both. So we uh, virtually hold your hand by virtue of being able to access from afar uh, your experience in the headset, which means that if you sit in your office, Randy, and you are using a specific app, I can sit in a different state and log into your headset with your permission, of course, um, and can guide you through what's going on there and provide support and discuss issues that are difficult 
or you can use there's another model of using the apps uh, yourself. If you use Connect, obviously you need another person on the other head, uh, at the end of the uh, conversation. Otherwise, you will be sitting in a very beautiful room talking to yourself, which you know <laughs> it has its benefits. But I don't think that's what we're shooting for here. And maybe to, to add to that, Randy, I mean, you can do also activities that involve others, right? So, yes, I mean, a guided therapy, a guided group dynamic is something that uh, obviously well needed and the moderation there has its own value. But speaking about isolation, one of the applications that we're working with another client on is how to consume entertainment from your home while others join you, if you want to watch a movie together, to listen to a certain performance, and not to be only by yourself, but at the same time, you cannot step out of your home, whether it is because of the pandemic, whether it is because of other circumstances, you can bring uh, people you know, or complete strangers that use the application to the same uh, theater, or to whether it's the home theater, whether it is a virtual theater that you like going to the cinemas, um, and then just share together an entertainment experience and not be by yourself. Wow. <clears throat> so is this something that is available now to anyone that wants to use it, or um, are you just selling them now to um, – larger hospitals, institutions, and offices like that? So our application, the Hotel Reality Platform, with the applications that one of them is Connect, we are selling it to businesses, and these businesses have their own customers. Like Extra Health, uh, our partner, they have the virtual clinic that, um, as Rick mentioned, they have various other physiotherapy and occupational therapy virtual reality applications. On top of that, they have also the Connect. And then they take care of how to get these applications, this guidance, uh, the headset and the insurance and all of that. They take care uh, of that aspect to get to the consumer. Uh, I mentioned uh, Yale Medical School this is our client, they take care of reaching out to the consumer. So currently we at Fortel, we focus on what is called B2B, business to business, but actually in most cases it is B2B2C. That means that our client is a business, but these businesses do have clients that are consumers, that are the end users. Down okay. the road, um, we are considering to open the platform also to consumer use, but I think that that will come hand in hand with the number of headsets in the market. We already know that there are million of, millions of headsets in the market, and it's growing quite dramatically. If you try to purchase a Oculus Quest on the website, oftentimes it just, uh, they ran out of stock, and it's really, they, they, they made an amazing uh, progress with the quality of their headset. I think that I would say that in the range of two to three years, um, we will see more and more consumer applications that take care of therapy support and so forth. And it will allow also smaller businesses, whether you are an individual therapist that wants to use virtual reality uh, for the interaction with your patients or small clinics to adapt this technology 
and to get it together, I'm, I'm saying that one of the main reasons that it will allow the, the small businesses to, to do it is because the consumers will already have the hardware and the software instead of these uh, clinics and therapists acquiring the equipment uh, for the patients. So I think that it is really around the corner. Um, it will take two, three years to see more and more adoption. And I mentioned before also the glasses, which are going to be in the market regardless of the application that we are talking about, that will uh, boost the adoption of these technologies and these usages of virtual reality dramatically. Thank you. John, I'd like to add that oh, what we do, oh, if it's sorry, okay, Randy, yeah, that our model is a little uh, different. Um, what we do at Extra Health is that people can be referred through their providers because their applications are FDA-registered and medical. Uh, as uh, George just mentioned, we have applications for pain and physical therapy and all kinds of things like that. And um, so people are either referred or they can sign up themselves on the website and then they go through a screening process just like you would with any other medical provider. And then uh, we accept most insurances. So uh, the whole process really resembles a regular clinic. Uh, it's just that we are the first medical virtual reality clinic, not in the sense of uh, just regular telemedicine, but in the sense that we use medical applications to improve medical conditions. And so I think this is going to be um, uh, hopefully just one of, of many um, uh, virtual clinics that do uh, similar things and offer uh, help and relief uh, uh, for people in their homes. Thank you. So if um, someone listening would like to begin virtual reality therapy, they would contact XR Health and then go through the, scre the screening process. So anyone could do that? Absolutely. And what is, your, what is the website to go to? XR.health. Uh, XR um, and we have a variety of applications. One of them is the Connect that uh, we've been talking about. Um, and this is a growing field that uh, we think is going to be very helpful for people who need group support, uh, not just uh, for their specific issues that they want to treat in the comfort of their own home, like um, issues like stress or pain or uh, physical therapy or hot flashes, but people who typically would enjoy support groups, people with cancer, like Jonathan mentioned before, uh, people with substance abuse, people with narcissistic abuse, people with undergoing all kinds of stressors who would typically benefit from the support of other people and the guidance of uh, a group leader could do that despite the pandemic, despite the difficulty um, uh, that uh, people these days have in terms of access, places closed down, people are not available, um, and doing it um, in a very um, safe and anonymous way if they choose to be anonymous. I think that's wonderful because it allows people to not be alone anymore uh, in general. And if they are dealing with a specific issue, they can, just like we mentioned before, the rare diseases uh, group, um, it uh, allows you to be closer to other people like you and discuss things in a safe uh, environment. Um, I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful, too. So it's X's and X-ray 
R is in rabbit dot health dot com. Is that what it is? That's health. That's it. XR dot health. That health. There's no dot com or yeah. anything like that. Okay. Nope. <laughs> well, that's easy. Okay. Jonathan, yep. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure you are sitting there um, with something you want to add. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, how did you know? Uh, yeah, I, I think just one, uh, this came up before, and I was going to say something about it. Um, you know, in terms of does VR replace uh, human interaction, um, you know, I would go with the group and say I hope not. Um, but there are some things um, that really, like, for example, I was uh, reading uh, about uh, public uh, fear of public speaking, right? So fear of public speaking, um, how do you overcome that fear, uh, you know, with, say, exposure therapy? You know, traditionally, you would have to imagine in your head, uh, go through a, a visualization um, and all these things. You know, with something like virtual reality, the advantage is it doesn't just replicate real life. It, it can um, it, it can create um, experiences that would be difficult to create in, in real life. So bringing, uh, you know, 100 people together in a room so someone can overcome their fear of public speaking um, is, is a pretty difficult task. But, you know, we can um, create uh, the image of 100 people in, in front of someone in virtual reality in a very compelling way. And through guided exposure therapy in that setting, um, you know, that person can overcome a lot of those fears. And I was just reading about a recent a study that showed it, it to be quite effective for that. So I'm excited um, because I think it, it's not just you have to extend what's possible uh, in the real world. And, and that, to me, almost creates a, a whole new um, expression of therapy and something that I'm hoping um, that a lot more uh, therapists explore uh, what's possible in VR because we want to work, uh, you know, with professionals to try to imagine these things and and we want to prove out their effectiveness. Um, so it's an exciting time, and I think VR is uh, to be a little cliched. It really is a limitless kind of technology and platform. Hmm. Is foretell? I'm just asking this because my husband's into stocks. Um, <laughs> And I've been telling him, I've been telling him, get, in, get into virtual reality. And he listened to me. He listened to me. So we, we've been buying some virtual reality. Is Fortel Reality a publicly traded company yet or not? Uh, at this point, no. No. Okay. Um, All right. So, uh, ready, we will let you know once we are. <laughs> yes. Please. Bring us back let on. Me, we'll, be, we'll be this again. Let me, know, let me know before it happens, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll so we'll be ready so we'll be ready to jump on it. Um There you go. Uh, <laughs> the last question I have is um is so we talked you talked about all the different headsets and everything. Is this going to be headset specific or is any virtual reality headset that's being um created right now are they all going to be interchangeable at some point? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, the simple answer is that we at Fortel Reality, we want to be device agnostic. Uh, that's, and, and by the way, the tools to develop the software are pretty common to, to, the, um, to the leading headset that are in the market. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't do kind of tweaks between one headset to, to another, but by and large, 
we can be on any headset. That said, because uh, there's been so much progress in the market and, um, you know, there are new devices every few months, we focus now more on the advanced devices. Just to give you a nutshell, I mean, up until, I don't know, even a year ago, there were devices that, um, what is called three degrees of freedom in terms of the movement, it just tracked your movement of your head, but not the, uh, your body in the, in the space. Today, the uh, leading and affordable devices also track the movement in the space. So we uh, focus on these devices, but we do have also applications, or we do have also uh, partnerships with companies that use uh, the older generation. So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't come without certain tweaks. It's like Android and iOS, right? I mean, an application developer needs to develop two applications, uh, one for the Apple devices and one for the Android devices. It is not that fragmented in the market, at least not yet, so that allows us more flexibility. So while we are device agnostic, we need to make sure that the devices that are selected by our partners are uh, actually customize the, the software that we develop customize and work perfectly on these devices. Okay, thank you. Dr. Barron, any last thoughts? Uh, give it a try. It's fun. <laughs> uh, virtual reality. It's fun. It's a different experience. I think it can really um, enhance one's experience and help people feel better. So why not? Thank you. And Dror, any last thoughts? Um, you know, I'll, I'll use our, our motto for tell reality. We make remote people feel near and remote scenarios feel real. Um, so this is our mission, and I like very much what Orit said before. Virtual reality is a tool, is technology. Uh, our main contribution, is, especially when it comes to therapy, is how to make it accessible, how to make it uh, you know, that, that you can, whatever you imagine, you can dive and be immersed into, not to mention the human interaction using this great technology. Mm. Okay, a big wow to all of you. This is, um, this is fantastic, and I am so, so honored to have gotten the opportunity to cover this topic and interview the three of you. You have been absolutely wonderful, and I've learned a lot. Um, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, this is something, there's so many facets to it that need to be explained. And, and the three of you have covered pretty much all there is to know for the average person to understand, which is great. Um, so I thank you. And yes, when you are ready to be publicly, publicly traded, <laughs> contact me. <laughs> Randy. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much thank for you, inviting us. It was it was a really a great experience. Thank you. Oh, you are so welcome. Okay, guys, have a great great rest of your day. You too. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye bye. Bye bye. So we are out of time today. But if you have any comments or questions, you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com 
and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.